Hey guys, welcome to number 121 ever episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. Today, we are going to going to be recapping the Wizards vs. Rockets game. We are going to be, I'm going to be giving my all-star ballot. I know I said it was coming in like, uh, a week, like a week or so ago, but that is officially coming. I will get my all-star ballot. Trust my starters. You know, watch on NBA.com for the vote. And I will also be reacting to the Greg Monroe 10-day contract signing that I actually knew was happening two days ago, but we will officially be reacting to that now. Hope you guys did enjoy do enjoy this episode. If you do, subscribe, follow, share, view. We, I, I don't ask me how. But we have 88 views now in the last three days. So, really, really do appreciate it. I can tell it's one of my highest viewed episodes in a while. Um, my episode with uh, my friend Matthew Heiderman. I think you guys could tell how knowledgeable this guy is. And yes, I will continue. I continue to give you updates on when his podcast starts. And, um, you know, I, I obviously keep in touch with him. So, whenever his podcast starts, I will leave a link to it. I will continue to give updates on that. So, yeah, I really hope you guys did enjoy this episode. Again, very, very knowledgeable and. Uh, I wasn't surprised to see, him do a, to see him do a great job on this podcast. But anyway, we have a lot to break down. Three things to break down. And, you know, we did that at the beginning of of, uh, of Wiz Talk with Chase. We had, like, a couple things to break down. Now we just usually go into one thing. This episode, we're kind of going back to, like, the first episode. And we have three things to, to break down. So uh, let's react to that. And uh, and start by reacting to re- recapping the Wizards of Rockets game. And me and Matthew were talking, right, outside of our Zoom, or outside of our recording, right, right before we started it. And we basically said, what a game to preview, because the Wizards will probably win. I, I said that. But then I did also mention on the podcast, and I told them this before, how there is a very good chance the Wizards lose. Just your fatigue, they don't have as many players, it's just... You know, it's the NBA, and anything can happen at any time. And I know part of my preview, I didn't. Um, my sources were telling me Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. aren't playing. Obviously, we'll get into that. They obviously played, especially one of them. <laughs> we can tell. We can tell that. Uh, we can uh, recap that as well. But we did. We both thought the Wizards were going to win. Now it's time, Matthew. Like I don't know how you have your spread in double digits. Like I would have been single digits in favor of the Wizards. Like I think this game is going to be closer. I had a single-digit point win for the Wizards. <clears throat> Forget a win, period. They lost. And I actually kind of wasn't surprised. Like, it was obviously surprising to see it. Like, part of me was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so surprised. But then another part of me is like, I saw this coming. Right? You stay close with teams like the Bulls, right? You go, like, head-to-head, and you go toe-to-toe with them. Then you beat a playoff-caliber team like Charlotte. Now you have all the momentum in the world. You're getting Howell Meadow back. You seem to basically have a cakewalk in a sense, like an easy one, kind of like a can of corn in baseball. Um, and then you just kind of – it's not that the Wizards underperformed. I just think they got so tired eventually. They put everything out on the line against Chicago and against Charlotte. And eventually a lot of those players retired since it was basically the exact same players playing in those games. And it just – it made me think, are injuries ruining now two of my teams? Because at first I was like, okay, right, teams are in COVID protocol. Well, every team is in COVID protocol. But the more I'm realizing is 
more and more teams continue to get out of the health and safety protocol. However, when you look at the Wizards, the Wizards still have like five guys in there. And so I'm just starting to wonder if this is a talent issue, if this is an inconsistency issue, or if this is a fatigue issue by not having any players. If it's a fatigue issue, you just got to hope and pray that, um, you know, guys in health and safety protocol are going to come back, right? I know that Aaron Holiday and Spencer Dimwitty, uh, guys like that, maybe even Montrose Harrell are coming back in tonight's game, and we'll preview the, the Wizards vs. Bulls game now in a different episode today. But it's definitely something to think about, right? And, and the final result, guys, I'm so surprised I haven't mentioned this five minutes into the episode now. The Houston Rockets won by three points. The Wizards were down for the majority of the game, and it was it was very weird. And, you know, at first you go down like 6-2. to two, You're like, okay, just don't worry. Get enough to a slow start, they'll get back. They really never did. And I know I think Justin Kutcher mentioned this. Uh, obviously, we got to interview him. Please check that out. You know, Justin Kutcher so knowledgeable with the NBA. I think he made a comment, like, you know, the, the reason why the Wizards might have been his uh, – is uh, it might have been Glenn Consor, his color commentator, you know, for the game. And Justin said, uh, might have been Glenn Consor, one of them said, the reason why the Wizards couldn't win this game was because the Rockets got off to an early lead and the Wizards couldn't come back from it. And I think that's what you got to do if your team's now coming up, like the Bulls example for tonight. You got to get the Wizards out of their form. Right and, and and you know make them come back and since they're so fatigued it's really hard for them to come back right the Wizards' largest lead of the game was four the Rockets' largest lead was twelve and 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 that's the difference right there and then the Wizards end up coming back they tie the game Beal fouls out for the game right you got Gafford in foul trouble you got Kuzma in foul trouble but they just and Gafford again did not play down the stretch. I, I'm I'm not understanding that by Westland so Jr. I'm not sure if there's a key in Gafford. I'm not sure if it's a Gafford. I think there's something going on between both of them, or if it's something and Gafford doesn't want to play late in game. I don't know what's going on. Daniel Gafford's not playing late in games. So at first he took a foul trouble, but then they won't put him in ever. And it's like what's going on? So Daniel Gafford's in foul trouble. Kuzma's in foul trouble. Beal fouls out. They're coming down to the wire, and eventually the Rockets made a smart decision. And I was saying in my, and I said out loud, I watched a game with my parents. I said out loud, I said the winner of this game is going to come down to coaching. If Steven Silas does the right thing and runs out this clock and gets the final shot, even if they miss it, the Rockets will end up winning in overtime since they know they'll have that mo- momentum in the coaching. And at this point, it wasn't Wes Unser Jr.'s fault. He didn't get out coached in this moment, but Steven Silas trusted such a good job at coach. And I think maybe Wes Hunter Jr. thought as a young Rockets team, maybe it wasn't the coaching. Steven Silas is a great coach that maybe the Rockets would mess it up, right? Young team. They didn't. Kevin Porter Jr. has the ball in the final seconds. They took it down all the way to the end of the game. It was the right decision. Kevin Porter Jr. right over Howell Meadow. I'm not sure Howell Meadow could have played any better defense there without fouling. I mean, truly, Beal, I mean, I'm sorry. Howell Meadow couldn't have played any better defense on that play. Kevin Porter Jr. just sinks it in. And I think what we learned about the Wizards in this game is that they can never give up. They were down by 12. But eventually, missing all of these players are going to get fatigued, right? And, again, I'm, I'm not sure this is even – I'm not even sure if this is a fatigue problem. But you see these guys on the bench at timeouts, and if you really closely zoom in, you can see the look on their eyes like, I can't take this anymore. And you can see that 
you could, you could see it on the court sometimes too. You could see sometimes by Beal's decisions, and that's another thing, right? We got to get into Bradley Beal, and Bradley Beal was Matthews' who you got player of the game. And I'm not going to lie, that who you got player of the game, my who you got player of the game, Daniel Gafford, didn't do much. He didn't even have double-digit points. Bradley Beal, on the other hand, was having a spectacular game. 27 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. like to see him pass more. Efficiency could get better, 9 of 25. From the field, 3 of 8 uh, from 3. Uh, 3 of 8 from 3 is good, but not 9 of 25 from the field. 27 points was good. Love to see him get around 5 rebounds. But here's the thing. Is that I think... It is going to be very, very tough to expect the Wizards to win when Beal fouls out. And that's what we got to get into. And it's that fouling. And the referees continuously, in my opinion, cost the Wizards basketball games. I'm sorry. That was not a push-off on Bradley Beal on the final foul. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, and you literally have, you're literally the smartest person on earth and you still have no idea what I'm talking about, please look it up. Bradley Beal's sixth foul. And it comes at about like five, I forget at this point. It might have been over five, six minutes. I totally forget. The game flies by so fast. I think it was around five, six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Here's the thing. One, it wasn't a foul in any circumstances in the game, any player in the game. It, that was not a push-off. He might have made a little bit of contact, but I think whoever was guarding him, it might have actually been Kevin Porter Jr. He made he did a great job at faking that. I mean, sure. I mean, wins an Oscar for that. I mean, sure. But Bielden, that was not a push-off. And I think you also got to look at a play like that, even if it's a little contact, that's not how you could foul the best player on the court out of the game. With five, six minutes left in the fourth quarter and a very tight game. I'm sorry, that is unacceptable. I find to me that every other star gets that call. And I understand that Bradley Beal's not a LeBron James or Kevin Durant, this all-time great superstar. He's still one of he's still an all-NBA player. And all-NBA players should get the respect that they deserve. And I'm sorry, say what you want to say. That was not a foul on Beal. Now, what was a foul on Beal was other plays. I think the Wizards can be smarter on fouls. There was one on Kyle Kuzma down the stretch I didn't agree with. Gaffer needs to stop getting him in foul trouble himself in foul trouble early because especially if other teams take that lead, the Wizards can't dominate as much in the paint with Harrell out. Now, he, again, he could come back for tonight's game, but if he doesn't, the Wizards are still going to have to find that adjustment and, and make sure if, if your gaffer don't foul so he doesn't get into foul trouble early. And so this is good, definitely going to be an interesting one and um, against the Bulls tonight. But I think in general, when you look at, at, at the Rockets, uh, this game, anybody can beat anybody. And these are people who have – no one understands in the NFL or NBA. Trust me, as a Ravens fan, I need a miracle to happen for them to make the playoffs. But I'm not counting it out. And the biggest upset that we need is the Jaguars to beat the Colts. And I think the Jaguars can beat the Colts. A 15-point underdog can win. Because I think anything in sport, especially in the NBA and NFL, and like the big four sports, I'm realizing anybody can beat anybody. And you should hear more stories about it. And yes, the Wizards were fatigued. But they still should have won this game. But you know what? They had an off game. I mean, they got to come out and they got to beat Chicago tonight to make up for that. Because now they went all the way from being, if they won, half a game out of the uh, out of the sixth seed and the fifth seed around that range to now the ninth seed. This is a big problem. You cannot take that much of a margin. And they don't have tiebreaker over the Raptors. They don't have tiebreaker over the Hornets, at least as of now. In general, 
the Wizards did not play a good game against the Hornets. Love what I saw from Hal Meadow. Love what I saw from Contavious Cuddle Pope. And I have to read, I know we didn't go over stats, but I have to read Contavious Cuddle Pope's stat line. So that was totally unbelievable. 26 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. I guess it was minus 5. I, I really don't care. Do, do you really think I care that it was minus 5? Trying to wait near the answer. No, I, I don't care at all. Contavious Cuddle Pope was the best player on the floor. Especially during that stretch in the fourth quarter, Hal Meadow off the bench, 14 points, two rebounds, four assists, and Matthew gave a surprising player, and he was right. He said uh, Hal Meadow would get around 15 points when he got 14, so uh, great job, Matthew. I'm telling you, this this guy's insane with his knowledge about sports, and especially the Wizards of basketball. So, um, so yeah, I mean, please, I mean, he knows, he knows what he's talking about. And, and uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma. Yes, he had 24 points. He had nine rebounds. He had two assists. He had a steal. He had a block. He shot pretty efficient. I don't care. Because he made some stupid fouls down the stretch, had some stupid turnovers, and was making a little bit more dumb decisions than he usually does. I need Kuzma, with Beal out like that, Kuzma needs to come in as the young guy, as kind of a leader, and I think step up a little bit more and, and come in in that way. I think he's got to step up a little bit more. And so I, I think that's something they can improve on because they are going to be in those situations, again, where Beal fouls out or Dinwiddie fouls out or something like that, and they need someone to step up. And I think Kuzma didn't step up enough for the Wizards to win. And I think in general, that's why they lost the game. And also, it took out for Tons, okay. I know he wasn't having his best game, but he still did have two steals. And so he wasn't having his best game offensively, but that was obviously something he could work on. But he, it looks like this is a left foot sprint. He, he could be out for a little while now, which is definitely unfortunate for the Wizards. But we're just going to have to wait and see on that. But that was a very, very long recap. We still have two more things to break down in today's episode. We will make them shorter. But tell me what you guys think about that foul if you have seen it. If not, please see it. Tell me what you think. I really disagree with the call, but I, I really want to hear what you guys think. And I just think, you know, anybody could beat anybody in the NBA. And the Rockets beat the Wizards. But, you know, I'm just going on NBA.com, right? I'm filling in my all-star voting, right? My two guards, my three front courts for the East, and the same for the West. I'll start with the Western Conference. My front court player, or I'm sorry, my backcourt player, my first is Steph Curry. I mean, do you really... Do we really need to talk about this one? Steph Curry is one of the top 10 leaders in points. Broke the three-point record this season. He's in MVP conversations. Do we, I mean, mean, do we really need to talk about Steph Curry? No, we can move on to the next one. John Morant. John Morant has been a spectacular player. And yes, the Grizzlies have been able to win without him this season. But they've also been able to win even more with him. And I think he brings more value than a guy like Donovan Mitchell. And I think that Donovan Mitchell was, he was another one of my candidates for the spot. But I think in general, when we look at John Morant, I think John Morant just brings a little bit more to his team. Since I do think he has less talent, I know Jared Jackson Jr. has missed some time. And so I do think what John Morant has been able to do with that Christmas team is exceptional. I put him in. LeBron James, now LeBron started off cold, had some injuries. But he's still LeBron James, and he's been able to come up with a lot of 25-point games recently. He's been playing great now that the Lakers are starting him at center. And just really, again, showing his overall values. King James, at 37 years old, still an, all, still an all-star starter caliber player. Truly, truly unbelievable. Nikola Jokic, I have another one of my frontcourt players. Nikola Jokic, right, you guys might think, oh, he's quiet, right, because the Nuggets aren't the best team. Like, I, it's good as they were last year. It's really because they have so many injuries. People don't understand. Jokic is having a better season than he did last season. And last season, he won the MVP. And Jokic is still, he's having one of the best PER seasons we've ever seen. And uh, player efficiency rating. And so, Nikola Jokic has to get the credit he deserves. 
And so, uh, yeah, we I would have to put him in. Draymond Green. Now, Draymond Green does nothing scoring the ball, really. But what he does do, he's a very, very effective passer. And he's very good on defense. He's a defensive player of the year candidate. And I don't know how you could put the favorite to win defensive player of the year. Not in the all-star starters. That doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to put Draymond Green in. Yes, I put two Warriors in. Why did I put two Warriors in? Well, it makes sense for two Warriors in. Because the Warriors right now are the best team in the NBA. Alright, I'll start with my front court players for the Eastern Conference. I got Kevin Durant. Again, he's kind of like Steph Curry and LeBron James. Do you really need to explain why Kevin Durant makes it? I'll explain it. Five, a fine, averaging near 30 points a game, which is near the top of the NBA. Uh, I mean, seven points. I am sorry, like around seven, uh, nine assists, and like seven to nine assists, seven to nine rebounds around that range. Kevin Durant's playing like Kevin Durant, still a very efficient player. You know, so Tedekumpo, I mean, he's the reigning finals MVP. He's a two-time MVP in MVP conversations this season. He's been great with the Fox. He's averaging a really good amount of points. Really just, again, showing his value. So I'd put Giannis Antetokounmpo in there. i put Jimmy Butler over Joel Embiid because I think Jimmy Butler, what he's been able to do with this Heat team, and I understand Embiid is missing Simmons. But still, I mean, when you look at talent on the Heat in the 76ers right now, it's pretty even. And I think Butler has been able to lead his team to more success. So I would give Jimmy Butler that nod. My guards. One of my guards in the in front of my front, uh, one of my backcourt players, I would have Trey Young. Now, Trey Young kind of again started off slow, but Trey Young did bounce back. He's had a lot of straight games of 25 plus points. Trey Young is going to make it, despite the Hawks being a little mediocre or basically mediocre this season. I still think he deserves to make it. And I would put DeMar DeRozan on that final guard spot. So, no Bradley Beal. I, that's why I waited. I know you guys were tempted to hear Beal, especially since I am a Wizards fan. But I think in general, I, I put DeRozan over Levine and Beal because, uh, well, I mean, Beal, I just think Beal was a little too inconsistent at the beginning of the season. And I put DeRozan, who actually, I think, I think he plays forward, but he actually qualifies as a guard on NBA.com. And, and I think he's been better than Levine just because, sure, Levine might score the ball more, Levine might have the ball more, but I think DeRozan does ha- makes, just makes such a good impact on other, other parts of the game, right? I think... You know, getting other players open, good on and off ball. And so I just think that's why DeRozan would make it. I do think Beal would make the All-Star game. And you guys are probably like Chase, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Luka Doncic. I mean, where, where are these guys? James Harden. Where the heck are they? Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Where are they? Well, they're not my starters, right? That's just my ballot for the NBA.com. But there would be a lot more players in there. And I do think Beal should make the All-Star game because of what he has done. I think especially what he's done recently, it's, it's been truly unbelievable to watch. And so, um, yeah, that, that is my all-star voting. Tell me what you guys do think. I don't know. I just realized that I forgot to, to uh, react to the fantasy points. Um, so let me do that right now for the Wizards-Rockets game. I had Daniel Gafford, my who you got player of the game. I had, getting, I had him getting 55 to 60 fantasy points. He got 20. I had Bradley Beal getting 50 to 55 fantasy points. He got 40. I had Garrison Matthews getting 25 to 30 fantasy points. He got 5. I had Jay Sean Tate getting 25 to 30 fantasy points. He got 11. And I had Jalen Green getting 15 to 20 fantasy points. He got 28. Awful. None of them are even close. Just a terrible, terrible performance for me for fantasy. But in general, I do know I'll bounce back. And it's even weird to see Garrison Matthews at five because he did so much more. How many uh, charging fouls did he draw? Or like um, illegal screens and stuff like that. Like he truly did an unbelievable job um, off ball. So. I know that doesn't count for fantasy, but in general, I really like what I saw from the former wizard, Garrison Matthews. Last but not least, this episode has got long. But Greg Monroe, right? 
pretty good offensive center. Wizards signed to a 10-day contract. He should be a great player, but, I, I mean, he could get a little bit of minutes, but in general, I think I do like the signing, and I think that, in general, he will help the Wizards out. And uh, when he does play, I do think that uh, he will be good in the paint, especially if Harold doesn't come back, right? So, again, I do think that is going to do it for today's episode. Tell me if you guys did enjoy my all-star, uh, my all-star starter predictions, uh, the recap, everything. I know today's episode was a little longer, but there was just a lot to break down, and I needed to break it again all down with you guys. Again, hope you guys did enjoy this episode. Tell me what you think of the Greg Monroe signing as well. And, of course, as always, I'll see you next time. Peace.